So good evening, everyone. And uh, just to first of all express my appreciation to the venerable elders of the Srivananda Ashram here um, and uh, for extending this invitation and uh, giving me the opportunity to speak and share Dhamma, share the teachings with you. In sharing teachings, um, I, one of the, especially in our tradition, um, I think it's important to recognize that that the, you know, what basically all I am doing is trying to give a reflection or give tools for reflection and contemplation. Um, and uh, and then the rest is up to you. Um, so it's it's more because it, it whatever I say um, you know, needs to be taken as a uh, as a contemplation or as a pointing uh, to some kind of practice or truth, and hopefully it hopefully it's useful. Uh, but uh, it it is important to to especially when it uh, you know because religious um, teachings can sometimes come across as categorical or or declarative, um, and uh, and that is uh, um, and then you're put into a position of either rejecting it or, or accepting it. But say the, the way that the Buddha taught was much more uh, giving the tools for contemplation and reflection. Uh, and then it's up to us uh, to draw the teachings inward. And, and this is when the the, when we reflect on on the the Buddha's say the teachings uh, the Dhamma uh, Dharma um, the some of the words that the Buddha describes his own teaching or that we do do uh, um, is is say open it's leading inwards drawing into the heart. So one has to draw the teachings into the heart, contemplate them, steep the heart in the in the teachings. Also, that uh, these teachings are for each wise person to see for themselves, uh, and uh, uh, and that uh, and hopefully, uh, say these teachings tonight will be helpful to you. But please. Take it uh, as something to contemplate rather than some kind of declaration. Because especially uh, given the topic that was assigned to me, uh, Nibbana, uh, when I was in America and so, oh, a talk on Nibbana, good grief. <laughs> Um, you know what am I going to do with that? Uh, 
because it it is the it is the highest goal, uh, and there's different translations for nibbana, uh, say extinction, cessation. Uh, you know, how do you talk about that? Or it's, or it's a very short talk, uh, so so it. Uh, uh, but the. Um, but I think it's helpful uh, to reflect on, because Nibbana is the goal. Uh, it is the uh, it is the aim for you know, in terms of a as a Buddhist uh, for all of the uh, different areas of practice or uh, living one's life as a as a Buddhist practitioner. Um, the the goal, the aim, um, is nibbana, um, and uh, and the uh, say in, during these last couple days at at the uh, Ajatananda Ashram, then um, before the teachings, uh, the the monks, uh, contingent of monks who are from Bangalore have been uh, doing uh, chants and blessing chants and and uh, one of the chants that they do uh, is a, uh, a chant in terms of a dedication of blessings uh, and, and you know, so reflecting on the all the various activities and 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 this is Nibbana Pacheo May these activities, may these teachings, may these in, these intentions, be a cause and condition for the realization of nibbana, because and it is important to say to live one's life with a, an appropriate goal. I realize, as say in Vedanta, that might be a bit. Um, Say Advaita Vedanta, so you shouldn't have a goal and shouldn't have, but you know I think it is important that we we, we do clarify, you know, where we're going, what are we doing, uh, what are we doing it for, uh, and so that nibbana is 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 the from a Buddhist perspective the. Uh, the, the 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 collecting point of where we want to direct our attention and, and and energy. So it's helpful to reflect on the uh, say the nature of of nibbana, and of course because it's such an important uh, topic, then. You know, there's all sorts of interpretations and and uh, and perspectives, but there's a couple perspectives that are are, are very important. And I think probably first and foremost is to reflect on the, the most frequent way that the Buddha referred to to nibbana. And uh, and the most frequent way that there's two particular ways that that come up the most in the in the discourses is one is it's the freedom from 
suffering. Uh, Nibbana is the ending of all suffering, ending of all, and suffering means any kind of uh, dis-ease, discontent, dissatisfaction, stress, um, so that it's a, say, uh, as a, it's an experiential goal as opposed to a, a conceptual goal. Um, the, because uh, as an experience, we all want to be free from suffering. We all want to be, you know, nobody gets up in the morning, looks, looks in the mirror, washes their face and says, how can I suffer more today? <laughs> I mean, just nobody thinks like that. Uh, so that, but to, to make it conscious that, oh, because uh, normally we, we, you know, we go about our day in a, a pretty haphazard way. Uh, and so to, to bring to mind that sense of, you know, I, I truly want to live in a way uh, that uh, brings about an ending of, of, of suffering, both my own suffering and the suffering of others, because there is no, there, there is no barrier between, between ourselves and others. Those are, uh, is, is, but of course we are, we know what we're feeling and uh, we can work with that. Uh, learning how to do that, learning how to work with, with, with the, you know, the feeling of, of, of limitation and, and, and say of stress. The other, uh, or another, the other main way that the Buddha talked about Nibbana uh, is also around an ending, and, and this is more the ending of uh, greed, hatred, delusion, uh, the ending of the root defilements of the heart, uh, and being able to relinquish uh, relinquish those habits and tendencies that that are influenced by by greed by desire by attachment by clinging by aversion by ill will um, <clears throat> by anger and influenced by kind of delusion confusion uh, doubt uncertainty, the mind that is clouded um, with, uh, with uncertainty. So to, to, uh, to be paying attention, how, do, how can I relinquish that? How can I, I bring about that experience of, 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 of that ending, that cessation? Uh, and Another aspect, and, and this is, is more of a, uh, a commentarial interpretation, but I think it's a very good one, uh, is that, uh, say, Nibbana or Nirvana um, is a, um, literally meaning unbinding, so like unbinding, disentangling, the the the, the most, like 
unbinding oneself from the things that, that do create uh, suffering and stress. Uh, unbinding, disentangling oneself from the various knots of complication uh, that are so much a part of the human condition and being able to, to, to experience peace and clarity because we, you know, we bind ourselves with the things that do create suffering. Um, and, and of course those things that bind us uh, are, are not, they're not tangible, uh, but they're very strong uh, because they're, they're attitudes of mind inclinations of the heart uh, that are say misguided and uh, and lacking in true understanding and true knowledge so it's a a uh, an opportunity to you know to this this sense of unbinding and release and that's where it's, this when especially when we think of, of uh, you know, maybe compare it to as when we're being received, uh, coming in here and talking with with the two senior swamis. Uh, there was a sense of, uh, or a mention of uh, tying in, um, say, the idea of Nibbana with moksha. And which is more of a, a Hindu too. But moksha is, in, in my understanding, which is very limited, um, but is the, the, you know, the experience of freedom, of liberation. Uh, and that liberation and freedom, release, um, is an unbinding, uh, being able to be not bound by uh, the the uh, those qualities that that tend to stain the heart and create stress and difficulty. So the these because I think again as we speak about the human condition, of course, there's all of the different religions and traditions uh, are. Uh, there is a fundamental uh, wish to point to a path or a way way that uh, allows human beings to experience relief uh, from uh, how can they how can human beings experience peace how can they experience Freedom. How can they experience uh, a liberation? And so, uh, so I can only speak from Buddhist perspective, uh, and then even that is, you know, I can only speak from my own limited experience of of the the Thai uh, forest tradition, which we tend to. Uh, it tends to be a very practical, uh, down to earth. Uh, approach, uh, and uh, uh, and I find that quite refreshing, uh, and that is, and that sort of brings me to say another um, 
say, interpretation or definition of Nibbāna um, is, is like a cooling or quenching um, so that there, there is, because the, the, say, in the, in the Buddha's time, and in, uh, say, in, uh, he's, he's in Indian, and I think, although it's very pleasant weather right now, um, what is, uh, say, most oppressive, in, in a, say, in a, a yearly cycle, I would think would be the heat. And so that some kind of cooling or quenching is really desirable. And so that, that, that Nibbana. And because it, that Nibbana is a cooling. And because in the, not so much in the scriptures, but in the, in the stories in, uh, in illustrating our discipline, uh, uh, there are uh, uses, uh, idiomatic use of the word uh, nibbana, uh, like speaking of, like a pot of rice comes off the stove. Uh, it's it's hot. It's boiling. You set it aside to cool down. You set it aside to nibbana. Uh, so it's it's a very say a prosaic use of the term, but it is important to recognize that the. Yeah, Nibbana is not just some exalted um, philosophical ideal. There's a practicality there, and we, and we all want to experience this cooling and quenching. Uh, and, and of course, what is it that stirs up that kind of, uh, kind of emotional heat? Yeah, it's greed, hatred, delusion. Uh, and the being able to release, relinquish, to let go—that uh, is is the uh, uh, such an important aspect of of uh, the experience of of cooling and quenching is as much as one can let go, one will experience a sense of relief and release. Uh, it's um, my teacher, uh, Ajahn Chah, uh, there's a, a, a short teaching he gave one time, was this, uh, if, you, if, you, if you let go a little, you get a little peace. If you let go a lot, you get a lot of peace. If you let go completely, You'll get complete peace. <laughs> so it's it's the uh, you know a very simple equation uh, in this spiritual path. In this spiritual, it's all about letting go, relinquishing, uh, and uh, releasing. So um, paying attention to to that, and and in the in, in the Buddha's. Uh, Teachings. His first, his very first teaching um, which was kind of predicated uh, right after his awakening, his enlightened ex enlightenment experience 
under the Bodhi tree in, in uh, Bodhgaya, um, he was, um, he reflected. And, and at, at first the reflection was, this is too subtle, this is too, too difficult for people to, uh, how can I teach it? Why should I teach it? Uh, and then you know, the heart of compassion arose uh, and he made the determination to teach, but then he thought, well, who should I teach? Uh, and he uh, thought of the, uh, he, there were five ascetics who were practicing with him and had uh, deserted him because he had kind of relinquished his extreme ascetic practices and had started uh, and started eating and more normally and not being so extreme in his asceticism and they thought hey, he's uh, he's he's a slacker uh, <laughs> and they went off somewhere else uh, but uh, but he thought of them because they were very sincere and they're dedicated to their to, to their practice and and then he made the determination he considered where were they because the Buddha is in Bodhgaya and he says oh, okay they're they're in the deer park in Sarnath um, near Varanasi and I think what, it's about 200 kilometers walk. Uh, it's, a, it's a ways. So there's a dear, he made a determination to, to, uh, to go there and, and teach. And, and along the way, um, he was recognized by uh, a wandering ascetic, a wandering pilgrim who, you know, said, came up to him and said, you know, your demeanor is very radiant, your presence is very inspiring, you know, who is your teacher? And, uh, and the Buddha came up with this, you know, very beautiful uh, kind of declaration of his full awakening. I am the first, I am the only person fully awakened in the world right now. I don't have a teacher. I'm a, uh, I am supreme. And, and the uh, the wandering and you know kind of oh uh, yeah may it be so and disappeared very quickly. So this this is way too much. And the Buddha contemplated, reflected, and probably said, okay, that didn't work. Uh, and uh, so that when he did begin to teach the uh, these these five ascetics, he thought, I've got to have something that's more approachable, something useful. And so that uh, this teaching on the four noble truths uh, that there is suffering, there is dukkha. There, there is uh, difficulty and limitation in this in this world, uh, but also that there is a cause, uh, there is an origin, and, and there is a cessation. Uh, 
Uh, there is an ending of all of that. And there is a, a path, there is a way of practice, there is a way of training that one can approach that. Um, so that those uh, teachings were what he taught those 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 five ascetics and and uh, and on his first giving of the the teaching, uh, then one of them had a, uh, a the kind of initial awakening experience uh, and entering the stream of dhamma, so that. Uh, his teaching was, but it, it's using the experience, which is actually common to all of us. We, in the human condition, um, if somebody tells you they're not suffering or they're, you know, they're not, they're not, they don't have any stress, and then you got to wonder what's up with them. Uh, so that. But in these Four Noble Truths, in the structure of these Four Noble Truths, there is the truth that the Buddha, the Buddha points to. But then there's also a, like a duty or responsibility that one has to that truth. Um, so that it's not just, again, it's not just a declarative statement. Okay, there is suffering. You know, deal with it. Uh, it's, it's, there is suffering, and that suffering is to be known, it's to be understood, or it's to be deeply understood. Um, and the, let's say, the cause of suffering is to be abandoned. Um, because, you know, in our, our impulse, you know, once we start reflecting or seeing on Wow, I am acknowledging, okay, I, I'm experiencing some suffering, I'm experiencing some stress, I'm experiencing some discontent. The impulse is to try to let go of the suffering. And, and as long as it's not completely understood, then we can't really see clearly what those causes are. And to be able to experience see those causes, it's the causes, the conditions that we set in place uh, through our own attachment, our own clinging, our own delusions, and our own uh, uh, distorted perceptions uh, that we set the whole thing rolling. And But it's those causes and conditions that need to be relinquished and to be abandoned, to be let go of. And so that, and of course that takes, <clears throat> that takes clarity, it takes patience. And, and that uh, in order to do that, one has to have some kind of faith or some kind of confidence that there, there, there actually is an ending. There is a, there is a, there is a cessation uh, of of suffering, and in in order to approach that cessation, again the duty or the responsibility uh, that the Buddha points to uh, is this um, kind of 
letting go, relinquishing, releasing um, the the quality, and there, he points to four different qualities uh, that one had, that one's uh, see in order to experience the, the cessation, the ending of, of, of dukkha. Uh, and in, say, in the scriptural language, chāko, patinisago, muti, anālayo. Uh, but it's all around, chāko is like giving up. But the, the, there's an interesting um, combination of both, say, giving up, but also giving and generosity. Uh, because you don't want to give up something just out of aversion or fear. You want to, to be able to give something up with a, a, a generosity and a willingness to give up. Uh, so this sense of chaco, to be able to give up those causes of of uh, of uh, and you know habits that we tend to identify with as me and mine. This is what I am, uh, and to be able to to just to let them go and just give them up. Uh, and that and similarly the. Uh, these are all sort of synonyms. So chako, patinisago is like a, a relinquishment, uh, a, a willingness to relinquish. Uh, because in reality, even though sometimes we see, <clears throat> you know, you see that when you get upset and angry at somebody and it's painful, it's uncomfortable, um, but you still don't want to give it up. <laughs> There's a certain sweetness to nurse, nursing one's wrath, <laughs> which is, you know, we're we're not actually we're we're really not very logical creatures. So one has to be. Uh, dedicated to, to relinquishment and giving up and paying attention to that. Oh, when I do that, I experience a, a quenching, a cooling. Uh, and, and that is an experience. That's an experiential confirmation of one's, of the path. And so that, that chako, patinisago, mutti is like, um, releasing, being able to release and to be able to let go. Uh, this past year uh, I came across a, uh, a, uh, a, a phrase when some people, somebody was talking about, a writer was talking about <coughs> the necessity of letting go and it was in a more, much more mundane um, perspective or circumstance, but I thought it was a very apt um, description. Sort of everything I've ever let go, I've had claw marks on it. <laughs> I know I need to let go, but maybe not quite yet. <laughs> Just desperately hanging on. 
And you have to realize, no, it's the release and relinquishing that where a sense of, of real peace and, 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 and well-being and, and how true happiness comes from. The last quality, analio, is, 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 is it almost literally means like non-desire, uh, but it is uh, also, there's like a, but it's also a kind of like a non-stickiness, uh, because desire is very sticky. Uh, and to be able to, um, yeah, having Having a heart that has some Teflon on it, that's not desire or habits, but it's not, not, uh, it's not sticking. You can see things clearly and it doesn't stick. It's that, 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 not that letting go and relinquishing. And, and so that this, this quality of, 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 uh, 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 different forms of letting go or relinquishing the way that the Buddha speaks of that is the say the duty or the responsibility that we have to this experience of of uh, a cessation uh, in in the the ending of of suffering and which is in the in the structure of the Four Noble Truths, uh, the word that the Buddha uses is nirodha, and which is a synonym for nibbana, and so that they're equ- they're they're equated, they they in, they have a close interrelationship with each other. And they, uh, another aspect of say like cessation, a cessation of suffering, cessation of, of defilement, or to say cessation of greed, hate, or delusion, is that that word nirodha, besides, you know, cessation is, is, is the most direct thing, but usually when we speak of something like, just the way that we use language, when we speak of cessation, we tend to think of an existing thing that then needs to come to an end. Uh, and that's maybe not a helpful way because then we spend, expend huge amounts of time and energy going around stamping things out all the time uh, and trying to get rid of things. Uh, whereas uh, 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 and a, 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 another valid translation of that word nirodha is non-arising, which is a really interesting perspective. So the non-arising of suffering uh, is that why do we keep paying attention? I mean, suffering and greed, hatred, it attracts our attention. But can we pay attention to the non-arising before it arises, before it comes into being? And that's a really interesting exercise. And then that's the experience of Nibbana. And that, that is the, say, the, the feeling or the essence of, of Nibbana, is that, that, that 
sense of non, the non-arising of, of, of suffering. And the, you know, from the, say, from the perspective of the Thai forest traditions, and then that, that is, it's, it's just the direct experience of knowing, of awareness. Um, and, and the, yes, we do all these practices, you have to do all these practices, you, but it's learning how to tune into those practices so that you are recognizing the quality of, say, of awareness or that sort of a primal awareness, a primal knowing, the quality of, 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 of knowing that is, is present, and which is always there. Uh, it's, and it can be accessed at any time, but it's learning how to tune into it, so that, that using that, so like yeah, just using a non-arising of of dukkha as a as a tool to remind, uh, prodding the mind into seeing in a slightly different way, uh, because uh, because yeah, like language and the force of our habits of being a human being uh, keep us repeating cycles that are not so useful to us uh, and to be able to tune in uh, to this quality of, of knowing and that's um, like one of the um, in the Thai forest tradition there are many different meditations that are are uh, are given, but the main meditation that's most often given uh, is just the recitation of uh, a the name of the Buddha, just Buddha, and in the Thai pronunciation, a Buddho, Buddho, and you recite the Buddha's name, and and part of it is a say like a mindfulness tool. But it's also reflection on the the deeper meaning of of what the word Buddha points to, uh, because in the say in the Thai translation, uh, when they define Buddha, uh, it's not pointing to a historical being; it's pointing to the quality of the Buddha, and and the, 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 there's three primary qualities and. Is one is is the the quality of knowing, uh, being being the knowing, of awakening, of waking up, of awakening, uh, and of radiance. Say in the ties, and this quality of oh, this is this is what we're doing when we. Meditate. This is what we're doing when we're working. This is what we're doing when we're moving from place to place. We're recollecting and drawing, drawing the heart or allowing the heart to arise from this quality of knowing, of awakening, of of radiance, uh, because these are inherent qualities and qualities that the Buddha points to. And 
Um, one time there's a, uh, a person who was the, he was the, well, he was actually the person who, uh, he was the head of uh, an organization that invited Ajahn Chah to establish the first monastery in the West, in England. Uh, and they had a, a Buddhist organization, English Sangha Trust, in England that had been established for some time. It had been established in the 1950s. Uh, and they wanted to have a, a traditional Buddhist presence, and it had many failed attempts to do it. And so they, but when they, uh, the, the president of it met Ajahn Char, met Ajahn Sumedho, uh, they were uh, impressed and wanted to set up. And, it, and he drew closer to, as he drew closer to uh, Ajahn Char, and then he had a, a, a doubt of why do you teach, why is your, it seems like your main meditation is this, is this, just this recitation of Buddha? Isn't that, you know, kind of lame? You know, <laughs> just but then, uh, or or simple, simplistic, and shouldn't there be something more to it? And and Ajahn Chah, his 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 answer was something that provided contemplation for that person for years and years and years, because all Ajahn Chah said was, "Namo Vinyana Dato." Uh, which is homage to the element of consciousness. And that is, so that's fundamental quality of, say, our being is, is consciousness. And to, and it's, uh, when you call it as a consciousness element, it's not like personal consciousness. It is a fundamental element of the universe. And so that, to, hold that place of veneration and respect and incline the heart to understanding, experiencing uh, that quality of knowing. Uh, this is the, that's the essence of, of our, say, our practice and is what helps to be a catalyst for the realization of Nibbana and is say, how we actually experience Nibbāna. And there... So it's a, a, uh, uh, a quality of knowing uh, that, say, we all have, um, but we have to learn how to tune into it. And we learn, have to learn how to not, not clutter it up, not complicate it, uh, and uh, uh, you know, and that, and that, of course, using the Four Noble Truths as a tool to keep reminders of what what are we experience, what is the nature of our experience right now? And Ajahn Chah, as a teacher, my teacher, uh, just so often he would he would keep saying, "Are are are you suffering? Is that suffering? Are you?" Are, are you know? Are you experiencing dukkha? And 
And I remember him saying that to me, and I was, I was explaining something that I was going through at the time, and you know, I was hopelessly convoluted and 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 uh, uh, way up in the head, and uh, and Ajahn and, and Ajahn Chant looked at me with this this very com- compassionate sort of look. You know, were you suffering? And, and of course, at the time, I, I didn't get it. <laughs> but, but, it, but it hit me so hard that this is really important. And it's teasing out the, 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 the opportunity for awakening uh, through really contemplating our experience and being willing to live in a way that is, is really yeah, based in this knowing based in this 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 uh, awakened uh, awakened awareness and there's a uh, a teacher in thailand who um, uh, she's considered part of the forest tradition and uh, uh, very respected and, and and her description is and and, and uh, is 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 very, uh, I find very uh, moving, um, and in her description of the say the the heart of practice is an inward staying, unentangled knowing, all outward going knowing cast aside. Uh, it's a very beautiful way. So. Uh, an inward staying, unentangled knowing, all outward going knowing cast aside. It's very beautiful. So we can and we can work with that. We can and we can experience that. We can realize that it's within all of us. So those are a few reflections, contemplations on this theme of nibbana. So I'll offer that for. This evening.